Woo! You are tuned into the Great Escape. The Great Escape. I want to take this time to give a shout out to all of the mothers listening as today is Mother's Day. Uh, while I think that every day you should really take time out to just appreciate, you know, your mother, if you are lucky enough to still have her around. But um, it is it is nice to have a day allocated towards uh, just giving your mom a little extra TLC and appreciation. Uh, so with that, I hope that you all did have a pleasant Mother's Day, you know, given the circumstances. I, I know that it's probably not the most ideal time, but I hope you were able to make the best of it. Uh, today, we just spent the day at my house. Uh, you know, we're still um, sheltering in place, but we just had a uh, little mini barbecue out in my backyard. And, you know, as I've mentioned, I reside in Southern California, so... It's May, it was a very nice day out, sun was shining, blue sky, uh, we were just barbecuing, throwing on some music, having a good conversation, a little libation, and just enjoying one another's company, which is really what it's all about. And, you know, I take time out during moments like that when we're all just kind of huddled together and I'm really thankful, almost, almost driven to, like, grateful tears. You know, I could really just burst because... Um, you know, those are just the moments that I really relish and cherish because it's just those, the happiness is really in the small moments. Um, so yeah, that was my Mother's Day. Um, I know that I have been absent from the, you know, platform for a moment now. Uh, it is May. I last recorded in December. Uh, was, and I mentioned that, um, I was going to be back at the top of the year, but, you know, some unforeseen circumstances prevented me from coming back to the microphone. And um, although I had made some, you know, attempts here and there, uh, it just didn't happen. But uh, better late than never. And, you know, I'm always going to come back to you. Uh, <laughs> now, since I last recorded, um, the world has gone to shit to just kind of surmise it. Um Ooh, Miss Rona has come and no one has been left unaffected in her wake. Uh, so for about the past two months now, uh, I have been sheltering in place. Uh, I first, well, okay, to start with my experience, I came home from school. I go to school in New Jersey. I came home um, March 21st. Um, I was told, I believe it was that Thursday before, that um, my school was going to be canceling classes up until Easter break, which is going to be like mid-April. But um, it actually, and it, you know, and after, you know, that announcement, I, my school is heavily, uh, you know, comprised of commuters. So um, people cleared out. It was really kind of, you know, a dead zone. And uh, I was kind of unsure of, how to navigate. I was like, okay, so school is canceled. What do I do now? Do I go to my grandparents' house in Philly and just, you know, kind of wait there? Do I, do I, do I want to, you know, expose? I was nervous to, to stay with them because, you know, 
elderly people are at higher risk and I was afraid that I might um, potentially, you know, give it to them. Um, I didn't think that it was feasible to go all the way back home just for the month, just to come back. So I pretty much figured after... But in summation, I pretty much had the good sense to understand, listen, there's new information coming out every day. There's no certainty. Nobody knows what's going on. We have an administration that is clearly incompetent. And I can't see school opening back up for only a month and then ending. It just doesn't make sense, especially when there's just so much up in the air. So I pretty much said, okay, what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to just pack my bags up. Uh, pack everything up and leave. And I was even encouraging my roommate. Shout out to my roommate who was just on the show, actually, my, our last episode. Um, I was like, because he, he was actually planning to leave just for spring break already. So we already had his, his traveling situation together for the most part. And um, I was like, well, girl, you better just book your flight all the way and, and, and pack everything up and get ready to like really, you know, move out because why are you going to come back here just to pack everything up? It, it just didn't make sense. So... I got myself together and I got myself a one-way flight home. I'm currently back home and forgive me you all because I am recording now from home, uh, which has been an adjustment and part of the, I figured since <laughs> I'm going to be here for who knows how long, I might as well get comfortable with it. But uh, technically, you know, uh, with the audio speaking, I'm not the most adroit, so bear with me. I hope the quality is up to uh, with the standard I've set. Um, but any, in any event, so I'm back home and I've been here for about two months. The 21st of this month will mark two months that I've been home. Uh, and I have gone nowhere but the grocery store. And if I'm going to keep it really real between just you and I, (laughs) I did have a little outing, um, last week. Uh, not an outing. Let, let Let me, let me, let me, let me be clear. I saw one friend and we sat in her car. That's all we did. I, I swear. That, that was the extent of it. I had my mask and my gloves on. I was super cautious. But I had to see somebody in my house besides my parents, my sister, and um, some of the other residents in my house. So quarantining for me, my experience. <laughs> I've been quarantined with an infant. Uh, long story. And I think that says it all. So I think that I basically have license to be crazy at this point, right? So um, with that, when it comes to like online schooling, I've taken, I have experience with online school because back in high school when I had to like make up some things so I could get into a four-year school, um, I had to take, you know, online classes to just kind of make up certain grades and um, so I, I have experience with that, but it was already a tough semester for me. And <sighs> the Rona just knocked me all the way on my ass. So I, 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 it's been difficult for me to um, focus. And um, for those of you who are also experiencing the same things, experiencing like, you know, some stagnancy in terms of productivity and just... Um, <laughs> I think it's just, it can only be expected on account of the uncertainty that we're all experiencing and it's okay. Just give yourself a little bit more grace during these times, which is which I've done, maybe even to a fall, because um, I really haven't been on top of my academics. I'm just whispering because I want anybody else to hear me because it's just, it's, it's really been hard for me to just focus here. 
Um, I can't go to the library. I can't go anywhere else to like just it's I, you know. So, but we're making do. And as far as you know, all that has transpired. I'm one of the lucky ones because you know, thankfully, I'm in a position where I'm privileged enough to be able to quarantine and relatively comfortably and not have to maybe worry about certain things. Um, you know, a lot of people have lost their jobs, if not their lives, um, loved ones. And it, it's a very, very, um, I'm looking to say like a, a gut-wrenching time, a, a really unprecedented time. I hate that word because I feel like everybody's using it, but um, we're all just doing the best that we can. So to keep myself in a good headspace during quarantine, I've basically been focusing on fitness because the Twitter gays keep me on my toes with the body dysmorphia and um, music therapy because and I want to give a shout out to, of course, my girl Mariah, Tamar, um, Jojo, who just released a banging new album that y'all need to go listen to if you haven't yet. And um, yeah, just just other artists who, because I find personally a sense of buoyancy in the arts, so I, I've needed some music therapy. But yeah, just just going on walks around the neighborhood, and which I now don't feel necessarily comfortable doing with my hue, considering recent events. But we gonna get there. Um, and it, whether it be just push ups in my room, and I you know I've got a pull up bar and things, so I've been trying to mix it up because. Just, just to maintain what I was trying to get assembled for the summer, which I think that we, I think that at this point, you all, we can basically just say it's a wrap on the whole year, 2020, throw it all away because, um, we don't have it together. Because uh, what's going on? What, where, where are you going? All the festivals are closed, all pro, like, like, where are we going to, what are we going to do? You know, like, nothing's open anyway. Um, at least in terms of gath- gathering in large numbers, uh, I think y'all just gotta mm, come to terms with that. Which is a shame because I was this this summer in particular was supposed to be the summer. I was gearing up to hit the ground running. I was corresponding with certain networks to you know get things popping in terms of interning, and you know I then spent my last coint. On some trophy wife highlighter, yes, and normally to the party people, but I, I'm still here, and I was I was gonna be gleaming all through these streets, and I was supposed to be jamming to JoJo's new album, Good to Know, and being a thought and thotting and bopping and, and getting the bag, and but you know what, God had other plans, you know, world stop. Um, so uh, yeah, so this is where we're at, sheltering in place. Um, what have you all been doing to keep the the morale up? Um, hopefully staying home because, you know, some of you all think that it's okay to still be gallivanting. And, you know, part of what I found to be so disconcerting in terms of because um, I'm the media coverage that I consume now is just so ridiculous. All I do is like watch the news and I'm so connected to Twitter and things. So it's just an endless, constant, you know, just... Um, you know, I'm just absorbing all of this this information, which I don't I don't feel is necessarily as healthy as it should be. All this immediacy that we have, but um, what I found to be so disconcerting is that some people aren't taking this serious enough, and we're opening back up, and we shouldn't be because it's like 
we don't even have a handle on like the first wave and now we're going to open back up. We're going to open back up and we're going to have a second wave. And it's like, I get people got to get back to work. You know, we got to get the economy back up and running. But can we can we get some things in place in terms of testing? Can we get a test here? Can we get a, you know, just just a plan? Some like give me a light vest because it's, it's complete and utter chaos. <sighs> If anything, this quarantine has demonstrated, or this COVID-19 rather, has demonstrated just how little our government cares about us, for one. It's, I think, served as a testament to how fragile and incompetent the Trump administration is. I think that for the past three years, we really have been like a a house of cards, or four years rather, we've been like a house of cards. And at any given moment, we could have had just one burst of wind come and just knock it all down. Because for the most part, we haven't had any really huge threat or event threaten us until now, which is why we're now seeing the cracks. And the devastation is indescribable. Um, but not surprising for me, um, while there are still people who believe that our administration is doing a fine job and they're satisfied with certain measures that have been put in place, I wouldn't consider myself to be one of those people. I think that it's really, and I was just talking to my friend about this, it's, it's almost, (laughs) almost laughable to think that. We're America, and this is how we're responding. We've quite literally responded almost the worst out of everybody in the world to this virus. And we're supposed to be a first world country, but I think that I read something on Twitter. America's like, you know, really a third world country with some makeup on, a little makeup, a little contour, a little concealer, a little highlight, but take all that off, get you a little makeup remover, Baby, we, we're not in great shape. And I think that, if anything, uh, I'm curious to see how the other side is going to... How we're going to look on the other side of this. Because we will eventually get through this. We're, we're going to make it after all. And when we do, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how we'll come out on the other side. I've been a little... Um, I'm, there's some trepidation, a little apprehension on my part when it comes to what that's going to look like, because I do think that there is going to be a lot of things that will not be the same, uh, just in terms, you know, socially, you know, who are, are we going to shake hands from, from here on out? Are we, our elbows going to be the move now in terms of how we greet people? I just think that there's certain things that we didn't think about, like flying. Are we now, is everybody going to have a mask on when we fly? Are we, just how, how we resume back to a sense of normalcy because the new normal is here. What we saw before, what we were living through before, that's, I think, a thing of the past. So um, it'll be interesting to see how things shape out. So whilst quarantining, I happened to come across an old friend from the past. You all know that I am a book worm, or at least I'm trying to be because I believe that, especially as a broadcaster and training, the best training you can give yourself is reading. At least that's what Elizabeth Vargas says. And so I'm revisiting 
a little text by the name of Until Today by Yonla Van Zant, which I've referenced on the show before when I spoke about the deceptive intelligence. If you know, you know. Uh, but I decided of all days today, um, I recorded part of today's episode yesterday, May 10th, but today's May 11th. And, uh, I, again, I just happened to pick this book up today, earlier today. I needed a little, um, spirit shall boost because, you know, during quarantine, it's okay to go through periods where you're, you know, there's some turbulence in terms of your emotions. And sometimes you need a little, um, just a little pick me up and, you know, it's so it's just so interesting that today of all days that this was um, the message. So if you, the book actually has uh, daily devotions for spiritual growth and peace of mind. So today, May 11th reads, I am now receptive to the idea. It is time for me to stop whispering and st- to start living out loud. Stop hiding. Stop holding yourself back and playing yourself down. Stop worrying about how you look and what people are saying. Stop listening to what people are saying and trying to find out if they're whispering about you. Stop waiting for someone to tell you that you are okay or to make you feel special. Life is special. It is a special gift. This is your life. Now take your gift and live it out in the open. Decide today that you are going to live out loud. Living out loud means having the courage to be exactly who you are without apology. It means admitting your mistakes without beating yourself up. It means not taking who you are and what you have for granted. Release all shame. Release all guilt. You cannot live out loud if you were hiding behind what was. Living out loud means focusing on what is, right now, and that is you. To live out loud means showing up as your authentic self without your makeup or your toupee. It means acknowledging your shortcomings and celebrating your strengths. Living out loud means broadcasting your needs, your likes, and your dislikes as they relate to your fears and frustrations. It means that you let people know exactly who you are and expect them to be as thrilled as you are about who you are. In order to live out loud, you must have faith in yourself and in the process of life. You must have principles you live by and standards by which you can govern and gauge yourself. And most importantly, in order to live out loud, you must love yourself enough to tell yourself and everyone else the absolute truth about you. When you can do that, you can live out loud and be very proud about the world will hear about you. Until today, you may have been living your life in a whisper. Just for today, take one step forward, take one step toward pumping your volume. Stand up in yourself. Stand up and be yourself. Today, I am devoted to broadcasting the truth about myself. So I hope that does for you what it does for me, because as you know, I'm all about the inside and I like to give a little something, a little nourishment for the soul. And I think that during these times, particularly, we all need just a little bit extra, a little extra dose of that. So Ponder on that, and I will be right back with a special guest to talk about some very important things that you're not going to want to miss. So stay tuned, and yeah. Okay, so we are cooking with gas now, it would seem. Welcome all. Thank you for your listenership. You are tuned into another episode of The Great Escape with CT. Today I am joined with my guest who I've been trying to get on the show for a while and I'm happy that the day has finally come. I get to read him live in front of the studio audience. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, Marquise, thank you for joining me today. 
thanks for having me, man. I'm a big fan of the well, show. I, well, thank you, Marquise. I appreciate the support. Uh, so, first off, I want to ask you how you've been doing these last few weeks. Yeah. I've been, you know, wearing masks and, you know, trying to stay in the house as much as possible, just like everybody else. As well you should. Now, I know that you're an essential worker. So what is your essential work? Yes, I am. Well, for now, I'm a site supervisor for security. Okay. Well, that that seems like it's essential. (laughs) Now, I wanted to have you on because there's a... There's a couple of things that are going on currently in the headlines that I felt that I needed your specific point of view to help me have a discussion. Okay. So we're just gonna jump right into it. it. Then we even have to, you know, all the formalities. Let's just let's just dive right in, okay? Okay. So in an uh, unsurprising new case, we witnessed history continue to repeat itself over the past few weeks when a viral video emerged capturing another young black man slaughtered for nothing more than his hue. 25-year-old Ahmad Arbery was shot and killed February 23rd in Brunswick, Georgia by two white men, father and son, no need to speak their names, after they suspected Arbery to be the perpetrator of multiple burglaries in the neighborhood. Now, following widespread outrage, the father and son in question were arrested. It's important to stress that this is only an arrest and time will tell if the two will be brought to justice, despite that, um, you know, there is video footage of the incident in question. So I'm sure you've heard about this by now. And I wanted to get your take as, you know, a a fellow young black male. Uh, What was it like for you upon hearing about this? It's heartbreaking, you know. Another guy, another black man who, you know, had a future ahead of him. You know, I think he was a former uh, All-American for, like, Georgia or something like that. I think he played sports. You know, it's unfortunate, you know, that we could just go roll with the perception that we are all. I think that at this time, it's unfortunate. And we have these phones. We're all, everybody's seeing what's going on, and it's been documented that these things cannot continue, you know. And even if he was a burglar, stole something from somebody's house, that still does not mean that his life should be over right now. That young man had a mom, he had a family, and it shouldn't have happened the way that it happened. And these guys are, they're only being arrested because it's something that we can see. And we have been, you know, stomping and screaming and banging on the door. And now they finally have arrested these guys. Have we not murdered? Yeah. I mean, you were cutting out just a little bit uh, here and there, but I, I basically got the gist of what you were saying. Um, you know, and, I, and I, I share in the same sentiment just how demoralizing it is specifically for us. You know, I know this could have been easily you or me. Um, Absolutely. But so I want to talk a little bit about... Um, how, because again, this is no, this is nothing new. We're just seeing it. But now that everybody does have a, a you know, a, a telephone, a, a camera, and we're able to document these events, there's this trauma porn that we're seeing. There's, you know, what appears to be, um, I would say, non-Black people romanticizing our pain. Um, I wanted to get your take on that a little bit, what it's like to see people coming forward and yeah, maybe acknowledging 
um, the faults in our systems, but maybe not taking the steps to uh, take action. Uh, uh, I understand completely what you're talking about. You know, the white liberals, is that uh, part of it? Well, you said that, not me, but yeah, the shoe fits. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, this is just, you know, the climate that we're in. You know, people want to people wanna say what's wrong, but they don't want to really do anything about it. You know, we need our, you know, white liberals and white conservatives who think that this is wrong to stand up and not only say something, but to also help structure laws within the system where these things cannot continue. You know, and also what's unfortunate is that because of the climate that we're in, they don't really love us unless we can do something for them. And I think that that's something that we also have to take into account. You know, if you was an entertainer or if I was an athlete, they would love us, you know, because we're making money for them. You know, this, this black man, you know, he wasn't doing either one of those things. I'm sure if he was uh, helping whatever they were doing on their, in their car, picking grass or anything, any activity, I'm sure they would have never had a problem with it. You know what I mean? But because he was minding his own business and you know, having, working out, you know, to stay healthy, you know, his life is no, is not here right now. And I think that mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's heartbreaking. You know, I actually watched that video and I decided that moving forward, you know, I'm gonna try my best not to watch videos like that. Not because I don't want right. to see what happened, but because I understand that the trauma it could cause myself could alter my way of thinking and that's not something that we should see because it's going to trigger me. You know what I mean? And I think it's unfortunate. And then you have some people who will say, well, you guys kill each other all the time. And why do I get upset when someone who don't look like you do it? And I think that we have to you know, change that narrative because black people don't, uh, it's not a black on black thing. It's a proximity in which you're living. You know, if you look in Asia, or any other country of where people who live with, next to each other, they're killing each other too. But the only thing is the media doesn't highlight those things. They're highlighting when we're doing it because we're deemed as aggressive, ignorant, violent, and every other race don't really have that attachment next to their name. We do. Mm-hmm. I think, no, I mean, there's not really much left for me to even say. I think you hit several nails on the head. Um, I think I, I, I didn't watch the video because personally, I just can't carry that with me. Uh, I think that we have access to too much. And, um, so I, I don't like to participate in that, but I do want to, okay. So I want to switch gear or to branch off of what we were just speaking about. Um, and this will probably be the moment where I assume the role of, black male, cishet black male hater, which you like to appoint upon me, um, which I don't feel is fair, but we'll get there. So Say it um, again. Say that again. I said this will probably be the moment where I assume the role of cis black male hater, so be prepared. Okay. Um, so I want to speak intraculturally for a minute here. Okay. I'm listening. Um, so I want to start familiar with um, Monica Diamonds? No. 
Exactly. What about Nina Potts? No. Okay. Well, uh, you're not alone. There's probably a lot of um, people who aren't, which is unfortunate as well. So unbeknownst to most, uh, okay. I believe Nina Potts marks the 10th tr- a black trans woman killed just in 2020 alone. Wow. Okay. Uh, and in no way do I mean to take away from the egregious event that was, um, you know, the, the judge, jury, and execution of um, Ahmed Arbery. But I think where some Black people who are interculturally marginalized mm-hmm. um, take issue is that when it's a cishet Black male, we see the hashtags. We yes. see the support. Yes. We see um, the outrage. Yes. Um, but then with instances like these, it's like you said, most people are, are just unaware because um, there's no noise. And it, it demonstrates how even within, it, it, it highlights the, the inconsistency where so much of us are asking for justice, but only for the Black lives we deem to matter. And it, it would like lives. Say that again. The black lives too. That we deem to matter. Okay. I agree. And you can't you can't say that you want you know just you all you know black lives matter. Okay, well, do black trans lives matter? Because those are black people too. But you all are 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 showing up for them. I'm listening. You know what what do you say to that? How, how do you feel about that? I agree with I agree with everything you say. You know I share that same sentiment. You know, it's a is I apologize for not knowing who that is, you know, because it's not in my face. Right. You know, and I think that's your, your point is the fact that it's not in my face and it should be. And I agree with you hundred percent. You know, there's no different from the guy in Georgia, Ahmad, and there's no different from who you mentioned. Can you repeat their names again? Uh, Nina Pops and Monica Diamonds. There's no difference between all three of them. You know, I think that all right. all of their all of their names should be mentioned. I don't think that they should just necessarily be a hashtag. I think that those are hate crimes. And right. I don't think that you know because Ahmad was a cis cis had black man or those were trans women or men. Um, it it, it matters. At the end of the day, their lives should have never been taken. And it's, I just don't understand it. You know, like why? Well, why do, mm-hmm. I'm listening. I'm listening. No, I was just going to say, well, because, and this is what I say when I say that sometimes it can feel like black men, because it I'm feels listening. like in our community, I'm listening. This had black male uh-huh. men um, are like the white men of our community in the sense that they possess the power and privilege interculturally to um, make strides. And I guess my question is how... You can speak a little louder, Ken. Yeah. I guess my question is how do we incentivize um, our, you know, the, the Black community to really take up for all Black lives? I know that often, you know, they like to refer to the LGBTQ plus community as like an alphabet soup and 
you know, like if, if you don't agree with them, then, you know, you're automatically canceled. And, and there just seems to be a lot of division and a lot of misunderstanding. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. Like I just said, it's a lot of, you know, I think, I think, I think ultimately it's influenced by a lot of ignorance. But what, but what, what do we do to rectify that? How, how do we get everybody to take up for all black lives? Well, I think, it, I think a, a good, a good idea would be to start it in the uh, education. I think that, you know, exposing, you know, young black kids to the LGBTQIA community is very, very important. You know, I think that those things should be held in classrooms, like, like exposing, like why, you know, a black man, uh, someone from the LGBTQ plus community or black woman, life matters. And I think that we need to understand why they've been exposed to why they do not matter. Um, mm -hmm. I think the education system has a lot to do with it. You know, empathy, you know, and, and also understanding that regardless of your sexual preference or how you identify, mm -hmm. you know, we should all be treated as equal. I think the problem right. is because we were created in this misogynistic, homophobic, transphobic, patriarchal society that a lot of... All right, Bell Hooks. Okay. A lot of those, uh, a lot of those things don't matter because we're filled, we're so fueled by ignorance. You know, it's so much ignorance going on that we forget what's really important. You know, Monica Diamonds could have been my cousin, you know, could have been a family member, you know, Ahmad could have been my brother, you know, and like, it's just, it's just heartbreaking. You know, and I think that you're absolutely right. And I agree with everything that you said. I should know who that is. And that's my fault for not even doing the work, not doing the research. You know, that's my fault. I'm responsible for not doing that, you know. But then also, I don't know where sometimes to go to find out about this information. You know, so the fact that you know about it, you know, you bring you bring it to light. Well, you know, Marquise, you can go here and you can see exactly what I'm talking about and you can have an understanding because people don't, people don't care. You know, people don't care about, you know, if somebody sexual preferences or they're gay. So they're like, Oh, well, you know, they're gay. So they, they don't matter. It doesn't, it's not important. And that's not true at all. You know, I have little cousins, I have siblings, I have older family members, you know, and I shouldn't have to wait till one of them say, you know, truthfully, I like, you know, the same sex to be like, oh, I understand now. It's like, why wait until that point? You know, we all got a job and a responsibility to have. And I understand that with my privilege in society that I have to denounce patriarchy on the regular. I have to unlearn all of the misogynistic sexist, sexist thoughts that I have over the homophobic thoughts that I was taught, you know, and I understand that that's gonna take years worth of education and information, you know, and it's a lot, it's a lot of nuance and a lot of different things that go into it because we're talking about uh, someone who is black, but then also a part of the LGBTQI community who is extremely oppressed. And 
we have to have the empathy, the education, and the information to learn about why their life matters just as much as mine do. Absolutely. And, you know, hey, if only more cishet black men carried, you know, the same um, purview. Uh, but I, I, I keep telling y'all, and one of these days, hopefully, you all will, will hear me when I say none of us are free. And so what? All of us are free. So <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'm, Absolutely. I'm glad you, you and I can have that dialogue, though. Sounds like, right. sounds like a, a 2020 version of Martin Luther King sentiment. All right. Well, I don't know about <laughs> all that. But I want to switch gears. Okay. To something else that's managed to permeate the news cycle outside of the COVID coverage. Okay. All right. So as you know, or maybe you know we've forgotten, in about six months we're going to be having another election. Yes, we are. And it has been a shit show, uh, to say the least. Uh, our current uh, candidate or, or um, nominee, Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. He's come under fire because he's facing some allegations of sexual assault from Tara Reid. It kind of it kind of went out after Joe Biden. Can you repeat that? Joe Biden. I said okay. Joe Biden has come under fire as he has faced some accusations uh, of sexual assault from Tara Reid. Okay. Hello. Yeah, I'm listening. Marquise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm listening. Can you hear me? So, so I, I know you're familiar with this story. Yes. Yes, I am. I know you have thoughts about Joe Biden. Yes. And about voting. Okay. So the floor is yours. And then I'll, I'll chime in when I feel <laughs> you're coloring outside the lines, which will be in about mm, 20 seconds. So go ahead. Well, you know... Miss Reed, you know, made a claim. She said that she's been sexually assaulted. You know, her neighbor has came out and said that she told her back in the early 90s when it happened, as soon as it happened, that she was sexually assaulted by Joe Biden. And I don't see enough coverage around it. Well, she sat down. Well, I should have prefaced this by saying this is all alleged. You know, Joe Biden okay. has denounced, he has denied, he has said that uh, he does, he, this event never happened, although women should be delete, believed and they should speak their, their truth. This, he is denouncing and saying, just never happened. Um, okay, so there's I have been, a, I, now this, I, have this, a few, I have a few questions about. So, well, well, first, I want to start off by asking. So, this happened in '93. There's been yes. some issues in terms of you know a paper trail being you know uncovered. Uh, but he's 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 op. He said, "Listen, open the investigation. Let's investigate it." Okay. Uh, this is a classic. He said, "She said." There's been some people on her side who have come forward and said, "Well, she did talk to me about X, Y, and Z some years ago." Um, some people have have questioned, "Well, why not come forward when he was um, coming?" forward for, you know, under Obama being the, the vice presidential pick. Um, do you believe, Miss Reed, did you see her interview with Megyn Kelly? I did. I did. See, it was a, it was a video. They want video, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. I think, I think, you know, you know, we also have to acknowledge that this isn't the first woman 
who said that Joe Biden has touched them or made them feel uncomfortable or said things to make them feel uncomfortable in his presence. You know, we also have to acknowledge that she's not the only woman. There have been like multiple allegations. Who, r- remind those who may not know it and myself too. Who else has come forward and what have they said? Well, I, I don't know their names, but I have it okay, in my well. phone. I have it in my phone if you okay. do want to look it up. Multiple women saying Joe Biden has done things to make them feel uncomfortable. And also, there's video proof of Joe Biden doing some inappropriate things to some underage girls. Touching okay. them, touching now, them by the way. Now, create a clear line in the standard. Now, okay. we're talking about making them feel uncomfortable and assaults. Okay. Which is both, now, which is both, which is both wrong. Too, yes, I'm not taking away, from, I'm not here to take away from anything, but I just want to make sure that we have a clear distinction. Okay. Right. Okay. Now, I've seen the videos too, and I understand, you know, I have to wince sometimes upon seeing certain things myself because when I, we've all seen, you know, Joe Biden getting kind of handsy and, you know, maybe some sniffing and, and moments that kind of make us all go like, what the hell? But I guess in my mind, how I justify it is, you know, I understand from Joe Biden's past, um, he has experienced a lot of loss in his life, a lot of tragedy. His wife and daughter were killed in a car accident. You know, his son, Bo, had cancer and passed some years ago. So he, yes. he, he, to me, he, had, he, he, he can offer empathy and um, he can really connect with people in terms of pain. So in some instances, I do think it's appropriate for him to, you know, have that connection with people. But sometimes it does seem to be inappropriate. And you can see how it makes people uncomfortable in some instances, which people have talked about, which you're speaking to. Um, I know he's not your first pick in terms of um, the presidency. I know you were, you were a supporter of Mr. Sanders. Why? I don't know. But that's where your mind was at. Um, so come... Um, Time, when it comes time to vote, so are you going to stay home on voting day? Wow, okay. So I think we should unpack a lot of what you just said. Okay, sure. Before I tell you why. So I can get ahead um, of myself. We also have to, we also, we, we also have to acknowledge some of the things Joe Biden has said a lot about. You know, That's he, about you know we're talking that he's lied about. Remember, he's on, okay. he's on, uh, he's on television, you know, talking to Bernie Sanders and saying that he didn't do things or say certain things that he did say that came across social media. There's also times he said he helped save Nelson Mandela. That never happened. So we also have to acknowledge that Biden has lied <laughs> publicly multiple times. And we have to put those things, take those things into account as well. Um, what was the other things that you were talking about? Um, well, we, we were talking about, um, so you, what you're saying is you believe the allegation, you believe Tara Reid's claim. Probably, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, I think it's, I think, I think they have to have due process. And I think they mm-hmm. have an investigation is needed. You know what I mean? But, you know, until then, even if even if due process goes through and even if he's found not guilty, that still does not mean that that never happened. Just right. being proven in court does not mean that it never happened. Right. You know what I'm saying? 
No, listen, and I, I've spoken on this platform in saying that I'm one who typically, I'm inclined to believe victims. I like an investigation too, but I'm leaning towards, if somebody says that X, Y, and Z happened, I'm going to, I'm not going to question that. Okay, so I want to no. ask you, how do we get, how, on, vote, on election day? Yes. We have two old white men mm-hmm. who have been accused of sexual assault, misconduct. Um, one, how, how do you think that we even got here? And two, how do you reconcile that in terms of you being a black person? I, I, I can't personally sit back as a friend of yours and allow you to not vote, which is what I'm thinking you're going to do. Uh, or even waste your vote by writing someone in because we played that same game in 2016 and lost. Okay. Yes. So oh, how, how did we get here with these two options out of the the, the broad you know spectrum of candidates that we have, and how do we vote but reconcile our vote given what we know? Well, I think you have to ask yourself, uh, not necessarily, uh, you know, are you voting or not, but but more so the question of what are some non-starters for you? You know, I what think that what for you? non-starters, like okay. some things that just you're just not gonna vote for or, or support someone who has done these things. You know, as far as like what Joe Biden did in 1986 with uh the drugs, uh, what Joe Biden did in the early 90s with the crime bill, mass incarceration. You know, those are just non-starters for me. You know, I don't care if Joe Biden gave. You know, one billion dollars to the black Joe Biden to acknowledge what he did wrong, understand where he went wrong, and then free the people that he incarcerated that's in jail right now suffering because of what he did or what he caused. That will make amends with me personally. You know, you can't just, you know, hire a bunch of black people around you, you know, be the vice president of a black man. And then I'm supposed to just, you know, and act all like well. what you did. And, and yeah, I think that that's just, that's just a non-starter for me. So until he does those things, I can't be in support of that. Okay. And also, 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 um, I think that what we also have to like understand, too, is that Bernie, you know, supported that same bill. <laughs> Bernie supported the same bill that uh, Joe Biden created. Just like Hillary. So... We also have to acknowledge that as well. Well, I think that the one distinction in this particular election is Trump. And I think that we've witnessed now, we've had four years to see what the reign of Trump looks like and the devastation it has imposed on our nation and on a global scale. And while I can understand your trepidation with Biden and you have some very valid um, issues with him. I'm not going to fight you on that, but it's it's Trump or it's Biden. And I feel that Biden okay. is the lesser of the two evils. I feel that he has the he's, he was the one person out of everybody that entire you know slew of people that we we weeded through who has the experience, who has the connections with people. Because um, on a global stage, we look crazy as hell right now. Okay. He's the only person Absolutely. who has the, the connections to, I think, help repair relationships and our <laughs> credibility. 
No, you, you laugh, Absolutely. but I'm being serious. If you, if you, if you, if you, uh, if you speak to, uh, I'm sorry, but hold you speak up, to I'm, people. I'm, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh-huh. No, I was going to say, if you speak to people who's not from America and, and, you know, you bring up the political climate today in America, you know, they take it as a joke, mm-hmm. which is warranted, which is fair. Yeah. But, you know, there's no time to learn on, on, on the job, which is why I couldn't understand all of this support for somebody as judge who has all his only political experience is you know stop being a mayor of south bend indiana which isn't even doing so hot and so that's why i guess in my mind and maybe it's wrong but in spite of all of the issues with biden i feel that i have to one vote because of my my cut my skin color my black being black and all the people who have worked hard so that i can vote and because i can't i can't let trump have four more years because I think that'll be truly detrimental to our nation and really twist the knife. And I don't know where we go from there. Okay, so my question to you is: uh, What if Biden is elected? What do you What do you suggest? I mean, why wouldn't the knife be twisted then? Because although he's and, and, and also how like, how dementia, do we know? Okay. And uh, there, I, again, I, I have my own issues with him. I'm able to look past that because I just can't have Trump. I just can't have Trump. And this, the but what about? But what about, but what about the sexual allegations, the mass incarceration? You know what? And, and again, all of that is valid. All of that is fair. I think that we should investigate. We should look into. But if these are our choices, and I've seen what a, a Trump administration, a Trump reign has entailed and the devastation it has imposed. We're fighting for this. And I think his his um, campaign, he's, he's literally running on the fact that we're fighting for the soul of our nation. And I think that that's, that's absolutely true. I think that right now, he's the only person who can help to repair some of the scenes. Although I don't think that he's, he wasn't my first choice. With what we have now, I gotta vote for it. I have to. Okay. Okay. You don't so, think so, the same way? No, I don't. I think that, you know, a better conversation would be how do we come up with our own uh, party, you know, that's not necessarily towards, catered towards Democrats or Republicans. Okay, but that sounds like a more long-term plan. Right now, we got six months. We got we to gotta act fast. <laughs> okay, so we got to act laugh, fast. But, okay, well, I'll put it this way, Marquise. If Joe Biden or if Hillary was elected, we wouldn't be in quarantine right now. Well, we don't know that. We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't know that. You know, we can't, we can't. Yes, we do. No, yes, we, don't. we do. You don't know because that. You can't prove I don't, that. I can't, Hillary wouldn't have disbanded the pandemic response team. I can probably tell you that. I, I'd, be put, I'd be willing to put some money on that. That's true, but we don't know how she would have responded, you know. But it couldn't have. We've literally responded the worst out of everybody in the world. I agree. I agree. I don't think and Hillary would have been responding this horribly. Like, it's, 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 almost, plan and some testing. it's almost like Andrew Cuomo was a... Uh, Running the country, running, running things better than Trump is right now, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, Northwest could run things better than Trump. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Probably. I would rather have North up in there than the damn Cheeto. Uh, you know, with her father, who he supports, you know, that's a whole different conversation. Well, listen, we can talk about Kanye another, Kanye another day. <laughs> 
Okay. That's the, the first we met on the cover of College Dropout and, and Late Registration and Graduation. That's not that same person. He has left the bill. I don't know who this is. Wow. So you're you're you were early on the Kanye West fan? Excuse me. I didn't know. I'm, this is new information for me. This is like an exclusive. Are you so you were a what? Kanye fan when he first came out? I like I like who doesn't like um um College Dropout. Okay. I love Last Call. That's my, but but Kanye is not the same person. But getting back on topic, so okay, with okay. all that said, staying home on voting day is what you're saying. Hmm. As of right now, yes, but it can change. So, what do you say to all of the people who fought so that we could have a right to vote? I would say thank you. You know, I appreciate that. You know, but. Some things, like I said, are non-starter for me. So what better way to say thank you than to exercise your right to vote? Well, just because I'm saying thank you, that doesn't necessarily mean I have to do it. <laughs> I'm thank- And this is why Michelle said that this to. is her trauma. And you, and you wanted to sit up there and argue with that. This is what Michelle was talking about. Say it again. I said, and this right here... This is exactly what Michelle Obama was talking about when she said, this is her trauma. This is her what? Trauma. I sent you the quote. She said, this is her trauma. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you know, if Michelle was running, um, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But... Yeah, because this is exactly what she's talking about. She said, like, all the people, all the, it's black, because she said, basically, white people are going to, the whites are going to do what the whites do. Okay, I can't. I, I've lost hope on y'all, but us for y'all to like sit home like this. That's what out of everything that I've had to endure as being the first, you know, first black um, but first I lady. Mean, but I mean, but my question is, this is what hurts the most. But I understand where Michelle is coming from. But my question to her would be, what about all the reasons why I'm not voting for Joe Biden right now? You know, what do you say to that? What do you say to the mass incarceration? She, got, she has, she it's, has it's black to vote I understand, but your goal, your ultimate goal can be, let's just get Trump out because Biden could be just as dangerous. Yes, that. because he, he's imposing the worst danger to mm-hmm. us right now. Okay. We have to remove the cancer. Okay. I'm listening. The way he has divided and... And, and the fear mongering, he, I mean, I'm just like, the last five years have been horrible. And can you imagine Marquis seriously? Another four sure. years. Is he even going to leave office if he gets four more years? Where are you at? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm moving around. I'm listening. So what were you saying? I don't even know what I was. I was saying um, that we have to remove the cancer, and that I said that if we give Trump four more years, who's to say he's going to even leave? Because at that point, we may have a dictator. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Marquee. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Did you hear what I just said? Um, no, I didn't. It went out. It went out again. 
I said, if we have four more years of Trump, if you stay home, yes. and a lot, like a lot of, and if a lot of other black people, or people in general, just follow suit and say, I can't vote for either one of them, I'm staying home. Okay, and we get four more years of Trump. <coughs> Outside of just the devastation of having him as president, will we even be able to get him out? Because at that point, we might have a full-on dictator. America, as we know it, our democracy, all that could be erased. Really, mm-hmm. does that not frighten you? No, not really, no. Okay. Well, I know you want a revolution, but I just don't. This ain't it. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. This is not it. Okay. Okay. But what? what? And I guess we just going to have to agree to disagree and leave it there. Okay. Okay. What about um the black agenda? What about the black? What about the black agenda? The one that Biden came up with. Uh, what do you yeah. think of it? Marquise. For one, I don't know that I I, 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 I'm a, I can cop to maybe I don't know enough about that to discuss that right now. And again, I can say Joe Biden is not the perfect candidate, but in a Trump versus Joe Biden selection, I'm choosing Joe Biden. And that's on the periodic phase. Okay. That's fine. And I know it's difficult for me to have to overlook certain things, but I, I, I just can't have, I'm basically voting Trump out. That's how I look at it. But I have a question now, too. What if you, what if you do vote for Biden, right? And um, there's two things. What if you vote for Biden and he still and he loses anyway? Which is a possibility. What if I vote for Biden and what happens? And he loses anyway. Okay. I'm listening. Well, then at least I can sleep easy at night, Marquise, knowing that I did all that I could do in my power. I showed up. I voted. I tried to implore my knucklehead friends like you to vote right, too. And uh-huh. I, I did all that I could do. Now I'm going to brace for impact. Okay. And then also... That's what I'm doing. All right. Do. Now, my next question... That, God forbid that happens. My next question is, what if you vote for Biden and he turns out to be just as much as trash? I can't see that happen. Why? What 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 because has he done to show you different, Mark? But in, in comparison to Trump? No, I'm talking about Biden. I my I'm not I'm not I'm not the guy to just vote for Trump vote vote for Biden because I'm going to get Trump out. I'm not that guy. You have to do something for me to vote for you. I think if anything, Marquise, I think this even just speaks to the Trump effect, where where the bar is literally on the floor. I think Trump makes every bad president look so good that Joe, honestly, the fact that he is like, he could potentially be the successor to Trump. He could be a terrible president, but because he came after such like the disaster that was Trump, he really wouldn't even look that bad in comparison because it's like, at least we have somebody who's semi-competent now and maybe kind of cares about us. Who also, who also suffers from That's things like dementia. Suffers from dementia, who also causes a lot of damage to black families, you know, who also has uh, sex. I can say the same thing about I'm listening. Our other option. <laughs> you can. At least can. I know that. Huh? No, you can. I agree with you. Yeah. But at least with Biden, there is at the very least, at least a semblance of competency. And I feel that he, on some level, cares about the people and that he's not just going to leave us like. 
he's not he's not a threat to our democracy. Well, what ha- what ha- what ha- what, ha- what has she done to show you that he cares about the people? He's not a threat to our democracy. I can say at least that. I can't say that about Trump, but I can say to Biden, he's not a threat to our democracy. He's not in bed with Russia. <laughs> so that's comforting. So I'll take Biden for 200, Alex. <laughs> okay. Well, but... but that's just where I stand. But we don't have to. We can listen. I'm, <laughs> I can't let you just not vote. So I'm going to keep getting on your case about okay. that. But for now... We can, we can, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. Okay. But I'm going to keep on. What do you, what do you it. say, what do you say to people who, uh, they share your same sentiment that we just have to vote Trump out, essentially, like, that's the ultimate goal. Like, that's it. Like, forget whatever Biden's done, said, or whatever the case may be, he just cannot. Well, it's not a matter of forgetting what he's done and said, but it's just a matter of, we have two not-so-great options. I'm going to go with the one who's clearly the lesser of two evils. Clearly. Clearly, it's not even a question. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm listening. And it's just like, Would y'all, you... did we not just do this in 2016? Did we not just play this game? Like, y'all want to do this again? Uh huh. I can't. I, 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 for me, I have a hard time just with that thought process. I'm listening. So that's that's how I feel. Okay. And it ain't changed. Okay. But I'm I'm interested to see how Biden will conduct himself in a debate versus Trump. Well, well have and, you seen have um, you seen how he's conducted himself against the other Democrat nominations? Yeah, and I wasn't impressed, but we're going to so, see. So, so what 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 makes you confident against Trump? If you know that he's in bad with Russia, I have, to, I have to have faith. <laughs> wow, so that's what we're relying on faith and yeah. hope. Well, I'm never gonna laugh or scoff at relying on faith. Now, I, I always gonna hold tighter to my faith when the world and the walls are closing in. That's when you hold on to your faith. Now, don't make me start talking about Jesus now and having a word. Okay? <laughs> have faith. That okay. He's preparing himself. He's using this time in, in quarantine to um, make sure he's prepping and that he's ready so that when the time comes, because he has to know that, like, he literally. This is what he's up against and, and what's at stake here. I think he understands it and hopefully he comes and he's able to deliver because there's just too much at stake for him to be ill-prepared the way that he was during the other debates. Because, yeah, he, he was not doing well at all. Okay. I, okay. Yeah, I can cop okay. to that, but that's just me. Okay. So it sounds like we need to we need to have a part two of this. It sounds like I need a drink, but Marquise, I want to thank you so because now I'm hot and now I'm upset. <laughs> Marquise, thank you for stopping by. It sounds like my little hood booger platform and uh, you know, sharing your two cents. I know it's not easy to give your your take, and uh, you don't have Twitter, do you? No, I don't. Okay, so nobody's sorry, gonna come and at you because you were saying some crazy shit earlier. So okay, like. Like what? No, like you're not going to say. Black and not going <laughs> to vote. That kind of backlash. And I would welcome the backlash. You know, I wouldn't be defending you either. <laughs> but um, um, well, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course. I appreciate it. You know, uh, my blessings to you and uh, everyone else listening. And hopefully you have me back on the show so we can continue our conversations. All right. Well, you stay safe out there. I'll be talking to you. All right, King. All right. Thank you.